Hello everybody, welcome to the Dopey Connect, a podcast dedicated to taking an often but not always humorous look at drugs, addiction, recovery, and all the craziness in between. My name is Chuck LaPlanche. Right out of the gate, guys, I am never trying to glamorize the addiction lifestyle, nor am I trying to minimize the seriousness of the disease of addiction. And make no mistakes, folks, it is a disease, and all too often, a fatal one. For today's episode, I've got something different in mind. Uh, in the meantime, though, we've got some housekeeping to do, so stay tuned to, to hear what my brain has been up to for this one. First up, of course, is the public service announcement, the PSA, if you will, brought to you by Bossy Bitch, until such time as an individual or organization would like to purchase that little bit of real estate from within the show. So PSA today, we're going to switch it up a little bit. It has been about Narcan. However, Bossy Bitch in her true form has brought something else to my attention. And I guess I'd heard about this some time ago in BC. I guess they have it in Alberta now. And I'm sure throughout other jurisdictions, uh, both in Canada and the US, if this isn't a thing, it will be becoming more of a thing. And I suppose if it's not a thing in, in your part of the world, you should maybe start campaigning for it because it's a pretty fantastic thing. And it's called DORS, the Digital Overdose Response System. So the way this works, and I, I think this is just amazing. And again, I'd heard about it years ago in BC. Now she's told me about it in Alberta. And I'm looking forward to to seeing where else it is and maybe helping get the word out about that. There's a couple of flaws in the program, but... I mean, nothing's ever going to be perfect, right? So so the way it works is you download this app uh, from the uh, doorsapp.ca, or you can get it on your Google Play or Apple stores. And all you need is a cell phone number to register. They're not asking for any personal information. And when using a loan, you press the start button on the app and confirm your location. A timer will count down. It can be extended or canceled at any time. If you don't cancel or extend your session and the timer ends, an alarm will try to alert you and an emergency alert is sent to a response center. The response center will call you to see if you require assistance. If you say yes or don't answer, medical help will be sent to your location. How fantastic is this, guys? Uh, you should not be using a loan if you're using opioids. You really should not. But if you are, kind of a safety, it's, it's not perfect. It's certainly not perfect. And a couple flaws with this system, guys. Addicts, especially fentanyl addicts, and just, just from my limited experience, often don't have phones or phone numbers. So that part's a little, you know, but what else do you do, right? This is by far the best solution I can imagine. Um, well, I didn't imagine it, but the best solution that I've, that I've seen put forth anyway. And, and it really is a good one. So check it out in your area. Please shoot me an email, dopeyconuck at gmail.com and let me know about them and whatever part of the, the continent you're in, wherever in Canada or US, if you let me know where they are so I can help get the word out, that'd be fantastic, please. Um, and, you know, of course, what their individual names are. I'll be more than happy to do that. So thank you to Bossy Bitch for bringing that one to my attention. That said, about the little pieces of real estate within the show, I am looking for sponsors and for good sponsors, right? For for people that really want to help set the message out and, you know, for a good match for me and for the show and for my listeners. So if you work for 
uh, know of, own a company organization that may want to help contribute to the message, that'd be fantastic if you could pass me on to them or them on to me, and maybe we can have a talk. I now have enough of a listener base that I can offer some value in the way of some advertising in exchange for that. I really want to keep doing this for, for I really want to keep spreading the message, and I want to do it on a grand scale. Uh, it does take up all of my time and most of my money, so I would appreciate uh, if, you know, if you know of anybody, if you could put us in touch, that'd be great. And the website, guys. So, though I'm not asking for donations, uh, if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a swag shop. You go to dopeyconnect.ca or .com. Either one will take you to the same place. And if you scroll on down to the bottom there, there's a bunch of merchandise. Uh, it's all part of the You Are Loved collection. It's got that kind of cool chat balloon that you see on the logo of the show with the You Are Loved in the heart there. It's just a great way to help remind us, to remind the people around us that they are loved be they addicts or not. I mean, it's it's important to say that to the people in your life, right? Also down there, there's a bright blue and yellow icon for Coho. It's uh, like an online bank here in Canada. It's uh, unfortunately not down in the States, but if you click on that, there's detailed instructions. You get 20 bucks, I get 20 bucks just for using the link. You never have to look at it again. And it's legitimately a free $20 for you. There's no hooks, no bullshit. So if you could do that, you'd be helping me out. And of course, helping yourself out too. And make that 20 bucks. Last but not least, guys, if, if you've been paying attention, you know about the Memorial Mondays. And the Mondays are they're pretty important to me. They're very draining. But basically, the rest of the show is kind of being based around those Mondays. And I like that. I like that about them. I really do. I mean, they could be hugely emotionally draining on me, to say the least. But I think it's a necessary hard part of life that I'm going to stick to. So if you know of somebody who has lost a loved one or you have lost a loved one to addiction and or overdose, I would like to share that story in the way of an audio submission. I would be absolutely honored and, and appreciative for letting you let me share that that story of yours. The idea being, so that you understand the theme, is to humanize the people that we have lost to addiction and overdose and to let the masses know that these are real people. They're not just a statistic. They are not just a junkie, if you want to use something so derogatory. They love. They are loved. They are sisters and mothers and husbands and daughters and sons and brothers and cousins and friends. And each and every single one of them is is a real loss. And the pain that comes from that loss just compounds and is exponential in its growth. And so many, many people, hundreds of thousands of people are being affected by this every year. So anyway, moving on. So in thinking about this episode, I, I don't know where it comes from sometimes, but I went back to the, the Facebook page, the Dopey Canuck Facebook page, and I scrolled back an entire year. It's almost been a year since the first time I ever posted in there. And I posted as a blog back then. It was called Recovery of LaFlange, you know, me being Chuck LaFlange. And what I was doing is I was posting every day and kind of taking people along with my recovery journey. I've since... I don't share my journey specifics with people anymore as a rule. Anyway, there's a few people that know, and that only comes up because it comes up in conversation or because there's a landmark day. Typically, I don't even see those coming though, because I'm not, I'm just not counting. I believe in living for today, just for today. And I try very hard to maintain that, that philosophy, but it did do a lot more good than it did harm for sure. It was just in the end, I just decided it wasn't for me, but it starts out with me at the beginning of my third attempt at recovery. And I just, I was looking back on it and maybe I'm a bit of a narcissist. I like to read my own writings, but I thought, you know, there's some really valuable lessons I learned back then, some really valuable lessons. So I kind of wanted to share with you some of the things that I had shared back then and how they now trans, you know, transpired into their show and it become big parts of their show. And not to mention that, but big parts of my life. So the whole thing starts out with me 
just kind of explaining why I'm going to write a blog and what I hope to get from it and, and what I hoped to get from it. And, and still to this day, what I, you know, my experiences is that by sharing my experience, if I could help one person stay sober for one minute, I will have accomplished more than all my years, than in all my years of active addiction. And I still mean that to this day. I don't know if I've helped a single person. I, I like to believe, I would like to believe that I've helped maybe some family members, some, you know, provide, maybe I've helped provide some respite from, the guilt and, and other feelings and that's really where I, I try to connect the most is uh is with the family members of of addicts and that was kind of the goal of the blog and then right off right off the bat in day two kind of a profound lesson had come to me about recovery and about how my decisions up to this point had were going to be affecting me for for most of my life if not the rest of my life and um, what it was is I'd, I was having a conversation with somebody who at the time, uh, or who for, who was my best friend for, for 20 years, her and I were uh, thick as thieves. Uh, she was loyal as a dog. I've since cut ties with her in, in the last few months, just because, well, because that's really not important. But what had happened was she had said to me, she needs to protect her happiness and that she was going to keep an arm's length away from me, at least for the foreseeable future. And before that, I would have said, well, go fuck yourself. But what happens there is is this epiphany, not, not what was that epiphany to me? It's, I mean, it's certainly kind of common sense with the benefit of retrospect. I figured out that my decisions, my choices up until this point, I had spent years and years alienating people with. And I can't expect to just jump back into people's lives and, and be welcomed with open arms because I said I'm going to get sober, Right. Everybody has a right to protect their happiness. Nobody is responsible for your recovery. Nobody, nobody can really trigger you. You can be triggered, but nobody can trigger you. It's not their thing. It's your thing, right? You have to own that. And I mean, we did get back on track rather quickly after that, but it was just that concept that meant a lot to me to, to figure out, right? Because with that, I was able to take ownership of not just the decisions I made, but of my recovery. And, and understand that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to rely on other people. The next thing that put out publicly and really, when I really first started paying attention to this was the daily gratitudes. So my mother, the very first time that I had come in from, for recovery for the first, my entire life, right? I'd never really tried quitting before. So mom and a couple of her friends had picked me up from a really desperate situation. Um, it was between Christmas and New Year's and I was, I was my rock bottom. It was pretty bad. So they come in to pick me up and on the way back, mom had talked to me about daily gratitudes. And at the time it was just like, fuck man, like I, I can't handle that right now. Like, you know, that's a little too much, but I, I mean, her heart was in the right place and she couldn't possibly know, she couldn't possibly really empathize with what was going on in my mind. You know, it was, it was a lot of crazy happening and my life was changing very suddenly, you know, and for the better, but it was just, there was a lot to process. So I didn't really pay it the mind that I should have. And it wasn't until... I got, this is, in, now I'm at my, some months later, this is in April, so four months later, I've relapsed now twice since then. This is my third attempt at recovery, and when I came back in, she'd given me this journal and said, okay, every day you're going to write down your gratitude. It really wasn't a question or a suggestion. She was like, okay, get your shit together. You're going to start doing this because it helps, and it really did help. But so it was that day that I started doing it. Every single day in my blog, I would... Um, take note of my gratitude. So that's where that kind of came from. And that's why it's still a big part of the show now. And 
I anticipate that it would be a big part of anything that I am doing in my life for the rest of my life because it it's a huge part of recovery, guys. It really is for me, anyway. I mean, I you know I can't speak to anybody else's journey, but uh, I would suggest that whether or not you're in recovery or a loved one of an addict, or you've never had anything to do with addiction, that you really do give it a shot, because it's a pretty big deal. Okay, so next up, and now I'm realizing why I went back to the blog here, guys, and I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that I did, and here's why. So I just went back, and I'm now into day four of blogging day, sorry, I'm on day five of blogging and 13 days sober, when I realize that at this point, I've started to say, thank you instead of sorry. And I've spoken to this some time ago in the show, and I think it's a great thing to bring up again now. And that's why I'm happy that I'm, I'm reading through the blog and kind of bringing back some of this stuff to the surface because the thank yous and the sorries, guys, and this is huge. Like this is, this is big news, man. If you're, if you're just getting into recovery, I mean life in general, but it, for this purpose, you know, for, for recovery, if you're just getting into recovery you've got so many apologies to make. It's like, it's never going to end, man. And that's without 12 stepping it. Once you start 12 stepping it, there's a whole bunch more work to do that way. But I, I'm not in the program right now. Um, not out of principle or anything, just out of practicality, but you've got so many stories that you want to make so many apologies and so many stories you want to say, so many apologies you want to make. And yeah, you do. You got to make those, but the people that care about you and, and sorry if I'm repeating myself, but it's been probably 10, 15 episodes since I spoke to this. The people that care about you don't give a shit about your stories. They've heard them all before. Yes, you need to make it. You need to make that apology and you need to make it sincere, but you can leave it at that and then just start turning the stories into thank yous. It is such a powerful thing to do for your own self and the person receiving it as well. So instead of, sorry, I screwed up over and over and over again, how about thank you for giving me the chance to prove to you that I can do this? And the difference that it makes in your mind and to the person receiving it is profound. And so now I like to say, I turn your stories into thank yous. And that's, that kind of dawned on me that day. It was something I noticed that I was doing. I hadn't really verbalized yet. And I'm really glad that I did because it, it's, once it's been verbalized like that, and it's, you know, it's kind of a personal mantra, it's easier to pay attention to, and it's easier to apply in, in your day-to-day life. So uh, a huge, huge thing there to do. So if you're in, you know, well, again, doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. If you turn your stories into thank yous, you'd be amazed at the power in that. Okay, so now we're going to fast forward to day six. And day six, what had happened is this was all kinds of crazy. So before this point, I had had people reached by my blog was at 57 people, right? So whatever, a <laughs> pretty small scale. And and I'll, I'll tell you why this is important in a minute here. Uh when I woke up that morning, I had 383. I was just completely mind blown. Just, just mind blown. Then a few hours later, I'm at 2000 people reached with my simple blog. You know, I'm day six into it here. And then by the evening, by the time I went to bed, I was at 4,514 in one day, this kind of growth. And it was then that I knew, I didn't know how exactly, but it was then that I knew that somehow, some way I was, you know, I, I was going to be able to reach people and try to make a little bit of a difference in somebody's life. And very indirectly in the path was certainly not linear from then to now, but it is definitely why I am speaking into a microphone for a podcast right now. It, is, it has everything to do with it was that day, just kind of the realization that, wow, man, like I'm onto something here and 
this is powerful. So that's where that started. So then day eight comes and day eight was, was a bad day. I'm not going to lie. It was a, well, it wasn't a bad day. It was a really rough morning and where this blog became very real. It changed my, it changed my mind about what I was really doing and, and for the better, I think in the end, but this is where I found maybe a bit of calling in that I could kind of verbalize to the loved ones of addicts what it was like like we don't get up one day and decide to mess up our lives we don't get up and decide to relapse knowing full well how that tape ends you know there's this crazy chaotic process that happens at least in my mind and i would assume that it's that's somewhat similar i mean you know, what you know the details would all be very different i'm sure but it's not linear right and i, I maybe i overuse that word a little bit linear but it's, it's there's certainly no straight line from sober to or to relapse, right? And there's some some weird shit happens in there, and and I'll I'll read it to you just so that you can kind of understand. I start out by talking about using dreams, and anybody that's done any amount of recovery time can tell you, using dreams are very real and fucking messed up, man. It's been a long time since I've had a really good one. I had one just recently, but it was it was pretty minor. When it's a gooder, it's not using dream, it's using nightmare because you wake up feeling absolute shame and guilt and they're so real, right? And and my sponsor at the time had explained that to me as the demons are, they're taking a new tactic because it's not working during the day. You're staying sober for, for you know, you've got a few days or a few weeks or a few months under your belt, whatever the case is. And the demons have figured out that they need to find a new strategy. So they're going to attack you in your sleep and you like you wake up craving like, woof. Like, craving like I've never felt before. So I'll, I'll read this to you exactly verbatim and you, know, you can make your own conclusion. So day, day eight of blogging, day 16 of sobriety is where we're at here. Fuck. The using nightmares were so real last night, I'm off to a really rough start and feel like I need to share now instead of waiting. With every high comes a low. How the hell I can feel so low and tempted can only be explained by the universe balancing shit out after days of being on cloud nine. I'm committing to my sobriety today the same as I have the last 15 days, but so far today it feels like I'm going to be at war. I'm sitting here taking stock of the tools and weapons I have. It's so frustrating to feel like this after feeling so good. I'm checking into detox at 24 hours and the fucking demon showed up early. to I'll try and break it down to help understand the process that fucks with an addict's mind. First thought, get showered, go for a music march. I forgot to charge my headphones, so just cry. Next, I shaved my head off last night. Finally, go get a haircut. Maybe that'll help. Oh, fuck, I'm broke. Just cry some more. Next, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why the fuck did I go and share my journey and attach my success to this fucking blog? Cry some more. Next, I think, I haven't borrowed some money from everyone. I haven't borrowed money from anyone since I've been back. I could easily find 50 or 100 bucks and take the edge off with one last high before tomorrow. Fuck's sakes, I forgot to ask for a charger for this vape. Who can I hit up for some cash? These are the thoughts that lead to relapse. For me, anyway, it starts off with something so simple as my headphones not being charged and this bit of chaotic spiral. You can't even, it's not even as organized as a spiral. It's this crazy kind of back and forth, shaking around shit in your head. And it scrambles your thoughts. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, it's time, I want to get high. All right. So, that day for me was so real, and I don't think in reading it that I could really possibly convey 
the kind of distress that I was in for that for that morning. Um, in the end, it, it turned out I, I stayed clean. I did what I had to do, and I did not go and get high. And I ended up getting my haircut. You know, mom helped me out with twenty bucks and went and got a haircut and whatever. My day was fine, but had it been right there in front of me, had I, you know, had the guy in the apartment next door been getting high or something, I probably would have been all over it. I'm not going to lie. I would have, uh, it would have happened. So a really cool thing happened after this. So the next day I went to detox this, you know, and I was there for you know, the 12 or 14 days, whatever it was, but I shared my blog with the management at the detox center and, and with a bunch of the residents as well. And a really cool thing happened. And I'm not going to give back more into the details of, of the individual blog posts, but I just want to share kind of what ended up happening with this thing. So I told management about it. And the thing is, is in detox is you are not allowed to have any sort of internet access. They're very strict about that. Very strict. Actually, I was, I almost got kicked out for sneaking a phone in so that I could do my blog entries. Right. But I'd spoken to management and they, uh, I, they made an agreement with me in that every day that it was possible, um, with scheduling, you know, not every day is possible, but I could sit with, uh, the director in her office or the assistant director, whatever her, her title was, but, and use her laptop to write a blog. And then she would email it to my mom. So my mom could post it for me. Right. It was a really cool way of accommodating some, you know, something of such therapeutic value, uh, that was really helping me out. So kudos to the staff for that i mean they were super super great about it uh, a couple of neat things that we did throughout the course of it was other people other residents in in the detox other clients wanted to share their experiences so i gave up a few of my daily posts to them and and those were those were shared with the masses too and i thought that was kind of a cool thing that people got behind it so much so uh we had a really great time with it but it wasn't long long after that that um i i relapsed and then what would have been a short relapse turned into, you know, me just kind of bouncing off from everybody, the blog and, and some other things happened in my life. So, but I never did get right back hardcore into things. After that, I kind of tapered off and the drug use was a much, much smaller part of my life. I was kind of, I was dealing more with the trauma and shit that I faced and, you know, that was really holding me back and, and some other things that were going on in my mind. But yeah, those, those are the beginnings of, of what is now the Dopey Canuck podcast right uh, very much Mo a lot of those things are you know a lot of the elements of my show and, and the, my way of thinking is is that's where it comes from so i thought i'd share some of that because a couple of those insights i think are still valuable and relevant anyway on to my favorite part of the show and that is the daily gratitudes and of course now the daily gratitudes are brought to you by the no new friends podcast the podcast for adults who like to who love to laugh at adulting and do you ever so i'm an avid fan of these guys this uh this plug comes honestly I'm, I'm quite happy to be doing it they make me laugh on days when i really need to laugh after you know such somber subject matter and content sometimes in my own show and more than that uh scott the creator has been a bit of a mentor to me kind of helped me get through this whole podcast podcast maze if you will so uh i'm Thank you to him for that. And that'll be my first gratitude, I guess, for today will be uh, to the No New Friends podcast. And my next my next gratitude is going to go back to the blog days. Um, I know I'm thanking myself for something there, but I'm allowed to do that too. And and how it really evolved into this, granted with, you know, some months of nothingness in between. But, I mean, it's uh, 
I, I, all the people that were reading back then and they were following, I mean, the comments were amazing. I was getting people's daily gratitudes uh, sent to me uh, via email and in the comments and even a handwritten letter once, which was really super cool. So um, I'm very appreciative for those blog days. And my next gratitude is going to go out to mom. I haven't mentioned her in quite a while, but so much of that blog, so much of the content for that blog and the content of the show really does come from mom. Uh, the you are loved message is that is all on her absolutely all on her and the you know the daily gratitudes that goes back to her as well coming to pick my ass up that day you know for my first real shot at recovery i mean jesus i all of it so i got some big thank you for her and uh the fourth one guys and the last one is it's certainly not the least is you guys it's always you guys the listeners every single time that you listen to this share it talk about it like it, review it, please review it to the show. You are contributing to getting this message out to the masses. And at the end of the day, if I can do that for a living, for a humble living, I have, I've, I've won, you know, in my mind anyway, I've, I've turned this, this messed up life I've lived around. So thank you so much for that, everybody. And if you are in active addiction right now, today could be the day, make today the day that you call a friend, that you call a family member, that you call into detox that you go to a meeting that you do whatever the hell it is you need to do to start that lifelong journey of healing because it really is better on this side guys and if you're the loved one of an addict please you've taken the time to listen to this podcast and for that i do appreciate you so very very much but if you could just take another minute or two out of your day and text that addict let them know they are loved use the words you are loved that little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings them back Please don't.